A leper came to him, begging him, and kneeling, he said to him, If you choose, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I do choose, be made clean. Immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. After sternly warning him, he sent him away at once, saying to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priests, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded as a testimony to them. But he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the word, so that Jesus could no longer go into a town openly, but stayed out in the country, and people came to him from every quarter. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Congregation may be seated. Will the congregation please pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts and minds be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. If you had only four words to describe Jesus, what would they be? I asked some of my colleagues this past week the same question. Four words to describe Jesus. One of my friends said, You mean besides my Lord and Savior? My Lord and Savior. I said, yes, besides that. That's a really good answer. Not really what I'm looking for, though. So her response back to me was, Healer, smart aleck, mentor, rabbi. Another said, love, grace, faith, power. Promises salvation by grace. Word manifests in flesh. Born, lived, died, resurrected. And then this one said, parenthetically, so far, I'm still following It's hell without him. So I commented this time. That's actually five words. Um, but we won't miss on that. It's okay. Because it truly is hell without him. Love like no other. And my personal favorite. Love no matter what. Four words. To describe Jesus. Our gospel lesson for the day from the Gospel of Mark gives us a clear image of who Jesus is and gives us four words that describes him and his mission here on earth. A leper came to him begging and kneeling. He said to him, If you choose, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I do choose. Be made clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. After sternly warning him, he sent him away at once, saying to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priests, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded as a testimony to them. But he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the word, so that Jesus could no longer go into a town openly, but stayed out in the country, and people came to him from every quarter. There's four words in this lesson that show us exactly who Jesus is. Four words from Mark. Number one is compassion. Jesus moved with pity. 
reached out and touched the sand. I've stood in this spot many times and said, this is a bad translation. The word for pity is actually the word spelankna, which means guts, this part of the body. This is the part of the body in Jesus' day where you felt things. Maybe that's where we get have a gut feeling about this. You felt things right here. And Jesus was moved with pity. Actually, Jesus was moved with compassion is a better word for this. Jesus sees this man coming towards him, a leper. A man who is shunned from society, who's been thrown out of the city, who no longer has any worth. And if anyone touches this man, they will get what he's got and they will get the exact same thing that he's been given. They will be shunned from the community and thrown out of town. But Jesus sees this man coming towards him and he's moved with compassion. He's moved with compassion and not judgment. What have you done to have this happen to yourself? He's moved with compassion rather than reprimand. Stop embarrassing me and get up off of your knees and stay back so I don't get what you got. He's moved with compassion rather than demand. If I heal you, how are you going to change your life? What are you going to do different? Jesus is moved with compassion rather than every other response that we could possibly come up with. He's moved to heal this man. Jesus responds with compassion. And remember, this is not only Jesus, but this is Jesus, who is the Word made flesh, the Son of the living God. He is the Word manifest in flesh. So this is not only Jesus, but this is God that we're talking about. God's first reaction to us is to be moved with compassion. The image of God that we see here is one of God who is not primarily judgmental or directive, not a God who is demanding, but a God who is 100% moved by compassion. First word is compassion. The second word is touch. There's an intimacy to physical touch. There's power that comes in a hug. There's power that comes in a touch. Loving, healing. If you don't believe me, ask someone who is elderly or ill or been shunned from the community or ostracized by a group of people that they've they been part of. Physical touch has a wonderful healing power. And it's a gesture that has so much profound love and healing that it's hard to comprehend. And Jesus heals this man. He's moved with compassion and he reaches out and he touches him. Jesus could have healed him in so many ways. He could have just spoken a word. He could have made a gesture. He could have commanded the illness to leave this man. But no. Instead, he reaches out and he touches him, knowing that by doing so, that he's going to defile himself and put him in a position where he cannot be in a community. But it doesn't matter, because he's so moved with compassion that he has to reach out and touch 
Remember, it's not just Jesus, it's God, too. Here, too, is God's character revealed as we discover a God who is so eager to be in a relationship with us that He takes on our form and our flesh. He assumes our lot and our life so that He, God, can come here and reach out to touch us in love. Compassion. Touch. The third word is willing. The leper comes to Jesus and says, If you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus does more than simply respond to this man's plea for cleansing. He looks deep into this man's heart and deep into his soul and sees that he's been ostracized from his community, that he's been removed from his place in town, that he's no longer valued. Jesus looks deep into this man's soul and he not only cleanses him, but he affirms his deepest hopes that even though he's a leper and he's been ostracized, that he is someone who has value. He is someone who has dignity. And he is someone who has worth. Jesus reaches out and touches him and affirms the fact that this man is a child of God. And here we again are greeted, or perhaps in this world of religious division, confronted by God's often surprising and always uncontrollable mercy and grace. As Jonah learned the hard way that God is indeed gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. You see, because God is always willing to give us more blessing than we could ever be willing or able to ask for. Compassion. Touch. Willing. And the fourth one is the hardest one for me. Mark chapter 1, verses 40 to 45. Lonely. Make no mistake about it, the acts of mercy that Jesus performs while they seem to be free, cost Jesus something. I don't want to get into a long exchange on what it means in exchange here, on the cost and exchange of what Jesus does in this healing. It's not some kind of supernatural power that Jesus needs to go out and get refueled. It's not about a cost or an exchange that we find common in theories of atonement that rely on the substitutionary or pineal views of what the cross is. It's not what we're talking about. Because remember, when we talk about Jesus, when we talk about Jesus being compassionate, coming to touch us, and being willing, that this is also an image of God. Not someone who's angry and needs a pain or something. Someone who's ultimately compassionate, who comes to reach out and touch us, and who's willing to give us more than we could ever possibly ask for. It's not about... Jesus happened to do something in our place. But if Jesus, nevertheless, has a cost that is associated with this, and he gives of himself freely. He gives of himself freely. It's 
so that all of us can be restored to our rightful place. And because of this, Jesus is not able to travel freely into the towns. You see, love has a cost. Love has a cost. We don't know why Jesus asked this man to be silent. We don't understand the whole messianic secret thing that we find in the Gospels. But maybe, just maybe, it was because Jesus knew that if this man went out and told everybody what he had just done, that he wouldn't be able to travel freely into the towns. He wouldn't be able to walk and talk and preach freely and heal freely the people in the towns. Maybe he knew that's what was going to happen. Whatever the reason, whatever the risk, Jesus nevertheless reaches out and heals this man regardless of the cost. He trades places with this man, losing his freedom so that this man can have it back. Out of love. See, love costs. Ask any parent or grandparent or spouse or true friend that's given something up so that someone else can have. There's a cost to love. And yet, it is exactly what we see in Jesus. Exactly who God is. Four words. I said at the beginning of the sermon, what four words describe Jesus? you had a chance to think about that were the four words that you came up with the four words that I share. Venture, yes, probably not. My four words would change depending upon the situation and the gospel lesson that we're looking at. Or if we weren't looking at any biblical lessons at all. The point is, it's not about who's right and who's wrong. What we need to do is get to the deep-seated unconscious images of who God is to us that live deep down inside us. The point, and let me make this perfectly clear, isn't to critique someone else's defective image of who God is. Because every last one of us is broken. Every last one of us is imperfect. So our image of God is by no means perfect. None of us have a perfect image of who God is. Only God does. It's not our place to critique anyone else's images of God. But it is our place to affirm other people. It is our place to offer the love and the grace and the mercy that Christ has given to us. It is our place to proclaim an image of God who is compassionate. It is our place to proclaim an image of God who reaches out to touch us in love. It is our place to proclaim an image of God who is willing and eager to embrace us in healing, who is willing and eager to embrace us in forgiveness, who is willing and eager to embrace us in grace. And it is our place to proclaim an image of God who eagerly embraces the pain and sin of this world out of love for us. For us and for the whole wide world that we live in. 
and now I leave you with seven And because it all absolutely comes down to love, I can say honestly to each and every one of you that God loves you, and so do I.